that's the first lie that I think that I bought into the most as a working mom. And this is not to make working moms feel bad because I was a working mom for three years and you feel bad enough about everything as is. But I think it's just good to acknowledge like the bullshit that these feminists now are selling us. And, you know, accept like maybe this is my reality right now and this is what the situation is. And But this is the best that I can do. And try to work things to make it better so that when you are with your kids, you are actually giving them your attention. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Being Different. Today, you have just me again, but I promise in the next few weeks, we're going to have some really cool guests. So anyways, we will get started. What I want to talk about today is just some things that I've been thinking about over the past few weeks. Um, you all know how I get on rants about feminism. So this is going to be another one, but it's kind of from a different angle. Um, and for the record, I don't really have a problem. Well, I got a few problems, but I don't have a big problem with the first wave of feminism that claimed they just wanted, you know, more voting rights for women and stuff like that. Like, nah, that's okay. I think that some of the founders of that were, had really messed up ideas and really messed up family lives. So I don't give too much stock to them, but the feminists that I have the main issue with are this third wave modern day group of feminists that, really, I feel like their total goal is just to totally put down men and say that we don't need men at all. And I think that that's totally wrong. But um, what I want to talk about today specifically is some of the lies that modern day feminists are telling women that I bought into as a mother. Um, and I think that these are lies that they tell to mothers specifically. And I think that a lot of people buy into them. Maybe it was just me. Maybe it's more so working moms that stay at home moms. I don't really know, but this was just my personal experience. So the biggest one I believe is that they really propagate to working mothers that quality time is the most important thing with your kids. And that's all that really matters. And so it doesn't matter if you're absent, you're gone from the house all day long, as long as you cut out brackets of quality time for your kids, that everything's going to be fine. And now that I've been at home for a few months, I think that that's total BS. And I don't believe it at all, because I think that as a working mom, you can cut out blocks of time to spend with your kid, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your kid's just going to give you the best of them and that block of time that you decide to give to them the best of you. Um, it's kind of like any relationship in life. Like in order for it to be a good relationship, there has to be time and investment with each other and it can't only be on your terms. Like you have to think about the other person's needs as well and you have to communicate with them effectively. And so I don't know why as women and as mothers, we buy into this lie that quality time is the only thing that's necessary. I think that quantity time with little kids especially is what they need the most is they need to have like consistency in their life and they need to know that you're there. You're the one that cares about them. Um, and so that's something that like for the longest time, I would just tell myself like, 
oh, if I can do a really special activity with my child on the weekend and give them, you know, two or three hours of really quality time where I'm not doing anything else and I'm not distracted by anything else, that that will be enough to make up for all the hours that I'm working and not with them. And now that I'm with my kids a lot more, I just don't think that's the case. I think that there, I've seen better results in my life with my children when I'm there with them consistently. And it's not just because I'm able to discipline them consistently, although that is part of it, because then they understand what the expectation is and they know that I'm there to enforce the rules and the consequences. Um, But I think that also, like, if you're there consistently, they trust you more and they can open up to you on their time. Um, And I've noticed this, like when I used to take my son, I would pick him up and take him to daycare or to Mother's Day out, whatever we were doing at the time. And in the car, I'd want him to tell me everything about his day and what he did in daycare and how it went. And in my mind, I would be like, oh, this is like quality time that I'm spending with Mac. And I would get super frustrated when he just like didn't want to talk or wouldn't give me like the details that I wanted about the day. And now I'm like, that was so stupid. Like, first of all, he was like two years old. So of course he's tired when I pick him up at the end of the day. And second of all, like a two year old is not going to give you every detail of their day anyways. Um, But now that Mac is three and I'm spending almost the majority of the time with him, he still does have babysitters from time to time. And he still does like he's going to a camp this week and he's going to do mother's day out in the fall. But um, like, he'll tell me things throughout the day. Like once I pick him up and he either has time to take a nap or, you know, eat a snack or decompress and settle down. um, He'll just tell me things like about his day that I never would have got before. And so that's where I'm like, okay, it's kids don't do things on our time. That's just not how they are. And it's unrealistic for us to expect them to be that way. So I believe that the, quality time thing is truly a lie. And I know that a lot of mothers have to work. Like it's not an option to stay at home. So it's easier to tell yourself like that, that is how it's supposed to be. Um, But I don't, I think you can recognize like quantity is what the kids need, even if you are working and when you are with them, like try not to be distracted. Like I was so guilty of all the time being on my phone, answering emails and texts of clients and stuff like that. And so just because I was with them, I was still working and my mind was absent. So even if he wanted to tell me something, I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't engaged. I wasn't looking at his facial features to see what he was truly experiencing. And now that I have more time to do that, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's not every moment that we're spending together would be considered quality time because I'm not taking them to like a monster truck thing or doing something super exciting every day. But to him, I think the quantity is quality, if that makes any sense at all. So I don't know. That's the first lie that I think that I bought into the most as a working mom. And this is not to make working moms feel bad because I was a working mom for three years and you feel bad enough about everything as is. But I think it's just good to acknowledge like the bullshit that these feminists now are selling us. And, you know, 
accept like maybe this is my reality right now and this is what the situation is and but this is the best that I can do and try to work things to make it better so that when you are with your kids you are actually giving them your attention um the next lie that I believe for far too long was that kids need to be in daycare or settings like that for socialization and I have been reading a ton about this now And that's just such a lie. When they are little, like when they're infants, they don't need socialization. What they need is a parent or, you know, a figure that cares about them consistently. So even if it can't be you, if you're a working mother and you have to go back to work immediately, if they could have a nanny or a grandparent actually would be preferable, like somebody that's consistently going to be there in their life. Um, You know, hopefully it's the mom, but can't always be that way. Um, that's what's most important for little bitty kids. And then even as they get older, like if you just observe, you know, one-year-olds, two-year-olds, one-year-olds play by themselves and there's tons of research to back this up now. And then when they turn two, they usually start doing this thing called parallel play, which is where they will like play in a room with other kids, but they're still pretty much playing by themselves, just like next to another kid. They're not actually engaging with the other kid and making up games and stuff like that. That doesn't usually start to happen until they're in the three to four year old range. And so I think that feminists have done an excellent job marketing to moms to make them feel better about going back to work so soon. Oh, your kids need to be in daycare because they need socialization. And that's just not true. Until they're older, they don't. Also, I mean, once they get older, this is something that I'm learning with my son, um, just because he's a unique individual, but he's my kid. So of course he's going to be kind of a weirdo. Um, When we are around other kids and they're in a setting, you can, if you have another parent that's like cool, you can kind of just let the kids do what they want and work it out, which in my opinion is pretty good because then they realize like, whoa, if I hit this person, then they're either going to hit me back or they're not going to want to play with me anymore. And that's going to be the consequence. And then you'll hopefully learn like, don't hit somebody. And that's how the behavior works. Or if you're the parent and you're there and you're going to police the situation more, you would stop your child from hitting the other kid and then, you know, discipline them and explain why they shouldn't do that. And so you can actually explain to them how this social setting should go. Um, And that just doesn't happen in daycare either. Like I've literally sat in the parking lot waiting for my son to get done at daycare And the teachers are exhausted. They're watching so many kids. The ratios are bad. They're keeping them alive. And the teachers mean very well. And I think they all love the kids and are good intentioned. But it's not like they can sit there and just take all day to teach the kids, like, this is how you should act in this setting. Um, They probably do more of it in the morning. And then the kids wear them out and they get exhausted because that's how it goes with me at home with my kids. But I think that even as the kids get older, like once they're three and four, those social things that people say, oh, they need the socialization, they need the socialization. I really don't believe that. I think that if you start a kid in school when they're five, that's plenty. Um, I didn't start in school until high school. Uh, I was homeschooled until eighth grade. And so I think that like, Kids definitely need to be around other kids, but usually they're around siblings. Like if you have a family with several siblings, then they're going to learn from their siblings how to act 
in a setting. Um, or if you, you know, if you are not going to daycare or school right away, if you're homeschooling, like just have them in activities where they're around other kids. And I think one thing that's really interesting I've been reading about lately is that people put a ton of emphasis on socialization with the same age groups. And so they're like, oh, you need to take your two-year-old and he needs to be with other two-year-olds. But there's actually a lot of research that shows that it's good for kids to be around a variety of ages. So ideally, if you have a family unit with several kids, you know, they're all different ages, then the older ones are going to teach the younger ones. And then the older ones have to, in turn, be more patient with the younger ones and adapt how they are. I was listening to this lady the other day and she was saying that, you know, the younger kids obviously have to act older when they're around older kids because the older kids won't play with them or tolerate their behavior if they're just acting like annoying little babies. But in turn, she said that um, they she had four kids and she was trying to get all of her kids ready to go to school. And the older kids were getting super pissed off at the baby. And when they were like, you're just making us late, you're just making us late. And finally, one day they were like, oh, she's always making us late because she like can't find her shoes and can't get her shoes on. So instead of just whining and moaning at the baby, they started to actually help her find her shoes and put her shoes on. And then it all got them all to school sooner. And so her point was that in a dynamic where there are several different ages of children, there's a plethora of learning going on that's really beneficial for kids. And I think that that totally also is like just, I'm not going to say shit on, but just cast aside by this feminist movement because they put such an emphasis on take your kids to daycare. They need to be with the same age kids to be socialized, blah, 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 blah. And I just don't believe that anymore. From my personal experience, I've like witnessed this. Um, and listening to people that have like big families and stuff like that. I'm like, it does make sense that kids learn how to communicate sooner if they're around older kids and the older kids learn how to be more caring and take care of the younger ones. And it just, it works really well together. So it's, I don't know why feminists push this lie of daycare. Well, actually I do because they want women to be working, you know, our economy does better if more women are working. And so they totally degrade motherhood and they have to push certain lies. Um, and like I said, it doesn't, this is not something to discourage working moms. I think it's just like, we need to say we're smarter than these lies that these people are telling us. And what can we do to make our situation the best that we can? The third thing that I wanted to talk about, um, and I don't know if this is necessarily a lie or just something that working moms tell themselves because they feel guilty. I think it's probably more of that one. So it's probably not necessarily a lie. But I put up this um, post on my Instagram that said, 20 years from now, the only people who will remember that you worked late will be your children. And under the post, I put, I wish someone would have told me this the first three years of my kid's life. And what I meant by that was I spent so much time when Mac was a baby working late. Um, and it was because I was probably a workaholic at the time. Not probably. I was. Um I felt this duty to my customers and to my realtors to be the best at my job that I could be. 
And I could not reconcile that with being the best mom that I could be. So ultimately, like my job came first and then my child came second and then everything else after that. Um, and one of my good friends, and I love this girl to death, commented on it. And she was like, it's okay. Your child will remember that you worked hard and you were that you a baller at your job and um, formative memories. You know, kids can't remember those prior to three years old. And so I, I feel like working moms, when they express guilt about not being present, especially like if they're not being present during the hours that they should be present, like after working hours, which for me was all the time because I was straight commission. Um, people say, oh, well, your kids will know that you worked really, really hard. And... I kind of agree with that and I don't agree with that at the same time. So there's two parts to that. First, I know that there's all this data that says that kids can't remember anything before they're three years old. I know personally that's a lie because I have two vivid memories from when I was two years old. Um, now that's not like tons of memory, but it's two memories for myself personally. And I know that, you know, that's, probably not for every single child, but I do know people that have memories prior to three years old. And usually it's like traumatic memories or something that is important that causes a child to form that memory. Um, but we do know that attachment happens within the first three years of life and especially the first year of life. So although the child may not have memories of the first year of life, if they don't create a secure attachment with the mother or whoever the primary caregiver is or the parent figure, they are going to have issues. And I can speak to this firsthand with Mac. You know, I did not have that secure attachment with him because I was working so much. So he had so many different childcare providers that there's no way that he could have formed that the first year of his life. And as a result, we had behavioral issues. We had outbursts. We had all these different things that were happening. Um, and with Charlie, I did work the first year of her life, but it was at that point when I was like starting to snap and realize like, I can't continue this. Like some, I'm either going to have to get a different job or, I'm going to have to quit. Like something's got to change. So things were definitely changing in that first year of her life. Um, and then I, now that she's one and a half, I'm home all the time with her. And I can tell a huge difference between her and Mac. And maybe partially that's like a boy girl thing. First, second child thing. I don't know, but I definitely think that she and I have more of a bond than he and I did. And I don't think that that has anything to do with their memories. I just think that they know, like, she knows I am here more consistently. And he did not know that because it was just simply the facts of me working all the time and not being there for him consistently. So I think that moms from a well-meaning place say to each other, your kids will see how hard you worked for them and that will leave an impression on them. And I think that that is so kind and sweet. And I know that it comes from the best place. But at the same time, it also doesn't acknowledge the fact that you're like not there for your kids when they need you so much when they're so little. And so 
I don't like it that people use the memory data, but don't acknowledge the attachment data. Um, because I think that both are important to acknowledge. And I also think that it's okay for a working mom to express guilt of I'm not here for my kids as much as I want to be and I want to be, and I miss them and I'm missing out on this time. And for other moms who are maybe in a different boat or um, maybe they're stay at home moms, you know, maybe just a totally different experience or they could be working moms too. They can just acknowledge like the guilt that you're feeling and they don't have to make you feel better about something that you know is a shitty situation. If that makes any sense at all. Like I think sometimes since I was that mom who was absent and I would express the guilt, like I didn't want somebody to say, Oh, but what you're doing is worth it and better. I just wanted them to be like, it does suck, you know, and there, there could be another way. Maybe you're feeling this guilt because you need to make changes in your life. Um, or if you can't make changes, if this is what the reality of your situation is, and that's the best that you can do, just acknowledge like it sucks and hopefully things will get better. Hopefully you can do things to where you will be able to spend more time with your kid one day. Um, but I do think that it is very important to model for your children, hard work. That's what I used to tell myself all the time. I am teaching my kids to be hard workers when in fact I was teaching them to be workaholics and that work came before everything else. And I think that you can work, teach your kids how to work hard, whether you're being a stay at home mom, there are some stay at home moms that are so freaking lazy, but there are some stay at home moms that work their butts off and you can teach your kids to work home if work hard if you're a stay-at-home mom. You can also teach your kids to work hard if you're a working mom. But I think that if you are a working mom, um, you have to also teach them the balance and that the work shouldn't come first. And that was something that I could never master. And so I think maybe it was a personality flaw of mine. I don't know. But I think that um, if you have a job where there's, you can turn off from the job when you leave the job, like maybe it's a part-time job or something that, you know, you're there from uh, for set hours a day that it's easier than what I did because I was just so addicted to and a slave to my phone that it never ended. I could never turn it off. Um and so that wasn't healthy for me as a mother. And I feel bad for mothers that are in similar positions to what I was in because it, it like sets you up for failure. So anyways, in wrapping everything up, those are three of the main lies that I believe that feminists are telling women today, especially mothers. One, that quality time is all that matters with your kids. I disagree. I think that quantity is kind of what equals quality for a kid and for an adult too, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, two, that um, 
kids need to be socialized at a very young age. I think that's total BS from what I have experienced with my own kids and witnessed with the whole daycare system in America. And three, that if you are expressing guilt for working all the time and not spending enough time with your kids, that it's okay because you're just teaching them to work hard and they won't remember it anyways. So that's what I've learned recently, been thinking about recently. That's all that I have for today. If you have comments or other views, or you think I'm missing something, if you would reach out to me, I would really appreciate that. Um, and next podcast that we have coming up, I'm super duper excited about this one. Her name is Tammy Peterson. She is Jordan Peterson's wife. Um, and I've been a huge fan of Jordan Peterson for years, but she actually has her own podcast and her podcast is excellent and she's really cool. And I think that she's a lady who's older and her kids are raised. So hopefully she'll have some good insight for us younger mothers. Anyways, if you would like to check out more, my website is lizdurham.com and you can find me on Instagram at being different with Liz Durham. So I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Being Different with Liz Durham is a Palm Tree Pod co-production. It's produced and edited by Anthony Palmer. Thanks to Emily Miles for digital support. The content for this episode is created by me, Liz Durham. 